0: Hello everyone in podcast land, I'm David. Hi, I'm John O. And this is the podcast where we hang off the side of planes, dangle from the Burj Khalifa, and flip helicopters upside down by piloting them ourselves. It's the Let's Wing It podcast.
1: Also, also driving ridiculously small cars that are electric. It was kind of weird. That was, that was a weird part of the movie. Was that like, was an yeah.
0: interesting choice. We're going to talk about that yeah. because we have a treat for you today. We're going to be talking about the brand new mm, Heart pacing, skin-tingly, I don't know, Mission it, Impossible 7, it, Dead Reckoning Part 1.
1: Also known as Tom Cruise wishes he's Ethan Hunt, or is Ethan Hunt Tom Cruise?
0: Question yeah, five? that's actually one of my notes is like, where the line between Ethan Hunt and what Tom Cruise wants to be seems very, very blurry.
1: Yeah, so, <laughs> before we get into the Mission Impossible question, because I'm suffering from this yeah, problem, is,
0: is yeah.
1: that, do I mean this is for you and this is for the viewers who are listening at home. Mm-hmm. Leave a comment uh, below. Do you feel like movie theaters or movies should have an intermission to, in in the middle of the movie so you could go use the bathroom, get some more snacks, refill your drinks, all that kind of cool stuff. Like 10 minutes, like a quick 10 minutes to do a bio book. because here's the context. Every single movie I've seen and, you know, Movie theater, at least in North America, the movie theater sizes are humongous. Um, Mm. I'm like, first 20 minutes, I'm already like downing one third of that drink. And, yo, easy. And I have every single movie, unfortunately, I've had to take a bio break. And I always pick technically the worst time.
0: It's an interesting question, and I know actually some movie theaters are exploring that as an option. Mm-hmm. uh I would be okay with it, especially if it's done in conjunction with the movie studios, to like come up with the best spot. I don't think if movie theaters are coming up with like a you know pause the movie, fade out, take ten minutes, come back, fade in. that's yeah. ideal, but uh, I think like there's usually a natural spot in a movie for a break like that. Yeah. Um and I I found the same thing. I've generally as I've gotten older my bladder gets smaller and smaller. Um I, mean, I, find, I my
1: mind is like ridiculously small now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and so I've gotten better at being like looking at the length of the movie and then being like okay. So I'm not going to drink a bunch before and I'm not going to I don't one thing I do just more for, you know, having snacks with movies. I don't eat any of my snacks until the movie starts. Mm. Uh, and so same with the drink and so if i don't drink a lot before i usually try and have a pee right before the movie starts yeah um usually i'm okay yeah but these it seems to be we're in an era of two and a half hour three hour movies being super normal again yeah uh i would be yeah i'm okay with a break i'm okay with. yeah it's
1: just because i remember those two instances where i remember this is that one was i went to go see wicked musical theater like a year mm. ago, but I remember yeah. that these places have an intermission. It's kind of a forced intermission because it's a live show. They're singing, dancing and everything. The yeah. actors also need a break, which is, yeah, they need to switch the
0: sets sometimes.
1: Exactly. And that, and those things are three hours, but it's live. Yeah. Um, and then also, cause I when back when I used to live in Surrey, um, there was a drive-in movie theater and dad had intermissions too. And it was based, but just out,
0: but but just between the movies.
1: Uh, no, there was one that was like oh
0: oh maybe it might be it's definitely if it was an older movie and it had an intermission back in the day I could see it.
1: Yeah, this was that. back when I watched. I think it was like Fast and Furious Six or something like that. Like Jeez. it was a long time ago. Um, <laughs> yep. but I remember there was an intermission. I was like, oh, thank God! And I was I ran and <laughs> ran to go go uh, use the ba- bathroom real quick. But yeah, yeah I don't know. It just to me, it's like you know one thing revenue generation because you can take a break, put ads yeah. in the movie. You know Those would be more more valuable. And then two, get more snacks.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like it'll be interesting if they do do that, how they'll redo their snack models because a lot of them used to at least include for like free popcorn refills and free drink refills. Mm-hmm. But part of the design is that you're not going to come back out and get free, your free refills because you're watching the movie. But yeah. if there's an intermission, then why wouldn't you? And so yeah. I'd be interested to see if they... Don't if they stop doing that. And most have stopped because of COVID, you know, as yep. their excuse. Sorry, but yeah, it's just not sanitary. Give me a new bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, um, it
1: just it also is like AMC. You know, I, I go AMC all the time. They, they, I always watch the last movie on Friday because of the fact that like I want to spend as much time when I get home with Jillian before I go off to go fair. watch a movie. And it's usually around like ten nine thirty, so she's already yeah. kind of getting ready to go to bed. Yeah, um, but here's the thing: here's the problem is that I go use the washroom because they know it's the last movie theater uh, the movie of the the night. They shut down the snack bar too. So I one time I was like, I ran, like with this movie, I ran out, used the washroom, I took my drink cup because it was empty. I was like, I'm going to get myself a refill. All the drink machines were shut down. I was like,
0: that's so annoying. But
1: yeah, eh, it's a question. Yeah. So anyways. Yeah. uh, Interesting question. Yeah. So just just you know comment below what do you guys think i think it's
0: good well johno i have a question for you what did you think about mission impossible dead reckoning part 1
1: i really liked it it was really good um yeah, mission, i have a really weird love hate relationship with mission impossible like mm-hmm. ever since uh ever since ghost protocol maybe ghost protocol and a little bit beyond I kind of, yep. I always go in it going, I'm going to hate this movie, but here, here yeah, here's, here's the reason why not, not for the fact of like, I don't like Tom Cruise. I don't like the story. I really love the story now. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like the all intertwined, which is great, mm-hmm. but it's the fact of, I don't like how they market the movies anymore. It's oh it's interesting, kind of the doing the fast and the furious kind of model. They kind of mm-hmm. build it out around the huge stunts. But, okay. you know, to be fair, Mission Impossible stunts are way better than Fast and Furious stunts because of the fact that Fast and Furious is like 99% CG. This yeah. is like 70% real, 30% CG because you have to yeah, it's, safety. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the, I think the story was really good. Acting was great. There was some acting was kind of like, eh, but overall, I just kind of loved it because I watched the trailer right before. Like, um, oh, like yeah, two days sure. before I watched a trailer, yep. I'm like, wait a second, I know that one guy. I know Kittredge. Who do I know him from? And then I, and <laughs> you and I talked about it, and I was like, oh, wait, I need to go rewatch his movies. And then I watched, I, I planned to watch one, uh, it is which one did JJ J. Abrams directed? Three, that's three, yeah, one, three, uh, Fallout, and then I kind of watch this movie and then went back to watch every, all the rest of the movies. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, which is great. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, Kittredge, uh, he was the biggest surprise. I was like, Hey,
0: that guy is he, he's in the first one,
1: right? He's the first one. Yeah. He's, he was, yeah, he's yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. like, you think he's the bad guy in the first one, but he's just an asshole.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all and it the, is. The bad guy is the guy you thought was the, the good guy. Yeah. I, I'm, uh, I'm glad you went back and I watched them. Yeah. Yeah. What do you I, think? Sorry.
1: I went a long way. Yeah.
0: No, no, no. It's good. It's good. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have high expectations of the Mission Impossible movies. I think four five, six, they've really elevated it and yeah. they are doing, you know, classic James Bond better than James Bond has been doing it. James yeah. Bond sort of went the other way of becoming more, you know, art house and self serious and really distancing themselves from that Austin Powers like goofiness. Yeah. But I think they lost an element of fun. Yeah. And I think Mission Impossible carries that torch forward. This movie is so fun. It's so exciting. It's mm-hmm. fucking thrilling. Yeah. And they do and it's not just, you know, wow, these stunts are crazy. What a cool action movie. And everything else sucks. Yeah. No, it is a carefully crafted ride. And the tension that is building through mm-hmm. these like the 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 scenes that are leading up to the action scenes are just like creating this sense of anticipation and you, I get so excited. I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. This is like, this is going to be impossible. (laughs) Um, (gasps) This is going to be so (laughs) like, how are they going to do this? How are they going to do this? And then like, right before things are going to go, it's like, Oh shit. The first thing went wrong. And now like that plan doesn't work. And then like, bam, another thing right away. And it's just like, how are they going to do this? And I, as an audience member, I'm so drawn in to the, like to the stakes and to what like needs to happen. And then like, every the way they resolve everything is so fun and creative mm-hmm. and exciting and i just find like this is what i want action movies to be not just <laughs> stupid yeah not that and like it's not that this is like got a really insightful thing to say about ai or anything yeah but it's like it's there's a lot of thought and craft that goes into making this as good as it is yeah. and i am i loved it i i it's if i'm gonna give it a number number rating it's like you know mid eights or something mm-hmm. it's not like a 10 out of 10 or something but yeah as far as action go- movies go it's fucking awesome
1: it's um it's it's like one of those movies where i just like i went in going it's gonna be standard but um mm-hmm. uh, i'm i'm gonna spoil
0: it um it was yeah we're gonna we're gonna be talking freely about mission impossible yeah
1: so it's really mission impossible so i i mean here's was a quick super quick synopsis uh ethan Uh, Elsa's in trouble once again. Uh, (laughs) uh, So, and he goes, saves her, finds out there's a key. The key unlocks an AI that controls fucking everything. It's like the ultimate super spy. It's like a super AI. Yeah. Yeah, Super thing. And then the AI has like surrogates or acting on his battle, disciple, whatever biblical thing you want to talk about this time. And basically uh, Ethan's just trying to get the key to go kill the ai because the ai you know it's not good <laughs> it's it's yeah. not it's not great and yeah but here's the thing is that he's also once again this is the kind of weird thing is that like oh once again Ethan hunt is going rogue and then yeah. everyone's against <laughs> him again i'm like what is this, this is this is number, this is followed all over again and Rogue nation yeah. um but like, I don't think whatever. he
0: ever doesn't go rogue. I think <laughs> at some point he always has to be disavowed. And
1: He was, I thing. think, what number one, he exact same thing. He got hunted. <laughs> he got hunted. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so, anyways, and then, um, uh, El- oh, okay, here's the Susie. Elsa dies, he gets the key, and then the Luth- Luthers are in the wind trying to figure out how to destroy this AI being super air gapped. And then uh, it just kind of ends there because it's part one. It's going to be part two. Part two is going to be freaking nuts. Like, how do you how do you go from like here to like above that? Because you can't Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise. He's just he's never going to be like, a OK, he's like, OK, I did this, this and this. How do Mm -hmm. I turn it up by at least 30 percent? Well, it's
0: interesting because it's like I actually think that the last two movies have had the least like, you know, big stunts like four had. Mm -hmm dangling off the Burj Khalifa you know like the tallest building there is mm-hmm. uh, and he's like literally hanging off and swinging and jumping and shit yeah and then five has him hanging off the side of a plane and I remember I was I rewatched six right before this movie mm-hmm. uh, and I was like there's no like big stunt like like you know a, d- a movie defining stunt yeah but then the helicopter chase sequence happens So if you haven't seen the movie basically at the end Tom Cruise and Henry Cavill spoilers for six Sorry um are like henry cavill is taking the nuke detonator or whatever uh far away in a helicopter and tom cruise is captured on a different one and he you know kills the people and takes the helicopter and he starts chasing them in the helicopter but it's all it's all real where there's a there's a real camera and there's a real helicopter and tom cruise is flying this fucking helicopter yeah and it's it's fucking real and they're ripping around and doing stuff obviously it's enhanced with cg in the sense that like They're not going to ram each other and like crash into the ground. Yeah. But a lot of the stunts he's doing is so real and it's so thrilling. But what I think they've gotten better at doing, and I think this one is included, is that it's the, the, those action scenes serve to ground the movie in like this weird, crazy way that like, like the car chases in this movie. Yeah. They're like, we, we just reviewed Indiana Jones. Go back and listen to that. If you haven't listened to that. Yeah. But there's like, a million extended chase scenes in that movie that have zero impact because you're like, oh, there's no, like, there's no real stakes in terms of, like, shooting this movie. There was no real danger. There's nothing that's real about this. Yeah. Whereas in this movie, some of, like, the really simple car stunts, they set up an interesting stakes, uh, mm-hmm. set up interesting stakes, but then, like, you're also, you can tell the way the camera's mounted and the way things are moving that, like, Haley Atwell is driving that car right now. Tom yeah. Cruise is driving that car right now. And, like, Yes, it's not stunt, 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 stunt. It's like they set up, they shoot one stunt at a time, and then they're cutting it together. Yeah. But the, the the things are happening are real. Yeah. And it helps immerse you in this movie. And so then all of a sudden the action makes the drama feel more important and the drama works to build the tension for it. And so it becomes this big loop yeah. of just like enjoyment and immersion. And it's, I fucking love it.
1: It's, it's so good because, yeah, like I had the benefit of watching one again. And... Mm. It was actually quite interesting because there was that one scene where, you know, in Tom Cruise, and that this is a spoiler, his whole team basically just, just get nuked. Like they all die. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. he has to go meet Kittredge, who's in this movie, which is really cool. Um, and then we oh, yeah, the restaurant. had the, the restaurant scene. And then um, I remember as a kid, I didn't really think about it, but now as an adult, that's what he actually kind of learned about practical effects because that was the whole thing was real. Like there was padding, yeah. there was safety stuff and whatever. But all that water was 100% real. They did it a couple times because he had one. You, wait, 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 you
0: didn't even tell it. You didn't tell the audience oh, okay, like, yeah, so what happened. Yeah. So
1: what happens? So basically, if is like, "Go, oh, wait, we know that you killed everyone. Give yours in. And then he has this is kind of like the James Bond kind of like goofiness of it. He had a gum that two sides, if you put them together or squish them together, they become an active grenade in five seconds. So he squishes it together. This restaurant has a huge aquarium. It's huge. 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 I think it was like- thousands of liters. Yeah, thousands of liters. Maybe
0: more, I don't know.
1: Gallons or whatever. And he throws it against the glass. The glass bursts and he runs out. And everyone's just like confused, (laughs) but he knew what's going on. He runs out. All this water just comes gushing out. And this was 100%. Um, practical. Like, I actually watched mm-hmm. behind the scenes because I'm like, is that real? And yeah, yeah. it was 100% real. And you can actually see, like, that was a real part. Later in the movie, there's like some CG shit that. Yeah, you on the train see. and stuff. Yeah, it doesn't really sell it. It's from that one. That one looks so practical. And you can kind of see, I'm like, oh, I think Tom Cruise learned that from this one. Because the second one, no offense to John Wu, second one was garbage. Uh, and that one was so much fakery in it, but had a lot yeah. of practical effects to it too. Yep. So it was like kind of a blend, but mostly fakery. And then it kind of starts getting grounded back into realism. I think three was kind of half,
0: half good blend. It was half, half, but, but four is when it like got back to the good yeah. shit. So, I yeah. mean,
1: yeah, I think the, 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 it, it grounds it to be realism because like, oh yeah. Like, you know, Haley Atwell crash into like cars all through Italy. And that was real. And her making a joke going, oh, who parks like this? Like, and and it's real. Like I've been in Italy. I'm like, yeah, they park like assholes, like literally everywhere in that whole town. And yeah, this, yeah. the practical effects was great. The only one that was kind of like it wasn't really necessary was um the train crash, like the train engine crashing into the river. Because they really did that. And yeah. it was such a big stunt. And I was like, I get it, but also necessary? Question mark. <laughs>
0: It, it, i mean it's a valid question yeah. i think that it adds to like the entire unit of the movie yeah where if you like i i find when i watch a mission impossible movie my cg dar is on high alert yeah where like any thing where it's like at the shot that it's like 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 in six where the helicopters crash together yeah all of a sudden i'm like wow this is the most cg shit i've ever seen yeah uh and it's the same with this when like there'll be a shot where something too crazy to do practically mm-hmm. gets enhanced by cg all of a sudden it's like wow that's really cg and i'm willing to forgive the movie because like right after they'll go back into something practical or whatever yeah um and so i like that they like really you know crash this train and obviously yeah. like some of the sequence of climbing the stuff it's like it's a little enhanced it's it's exactly i know i was thinking <laughs> that exact same thing yeah. um it's it's such a fun sequence mm-hmm. i, I like, big picture stuff, Yeah. what Mission Impossible 4, 5, 6, 7 have done really fucking well yeah. is they set up the stakes and they're really clear. Like, on, on these broad missions, they'll be like, mm. they'll have literally seen where like, okay, the mission is this. Go get the key. Okay, yeah. now the mission is go get the key. There's, like, layers that are added to it. But within each individual, like, action sequence, they'll be like, okay, this action sequence is we have to go steal that key off that guy right now. The half of the key, we're going to yeah. have to put slide our key into it we're gonna have to check if it's real yeah uh but then like so you know what the stakes are but then little by little they're adding a little bit more oh shit there's a suspicious bag that's going through the thing okay we got to worry about that oh wait that girl just pickpocketed this guy okay shit oh fuck now there's u.s agents that are chasing so it's like you know exactly what they need they need Mm -hmm. the key they need to walk out of here with the key but then there's all these different layers that are coming in and out and like they're Mm kind of Stealing or dispatching with one layer at a time, yeah, and then they then the other thing gets heightened, and then all of a sudden, oh, the other one's back in, and it's just it's super clear what's happening, yeah. It's super clear what they what the objective is, but then it's just like this this full chaos that you understand, yeah. Uh, and I think they do it better than any other action movie of like setting it clearly mm-hmm. and making it that it's super easy to follow, yeah. But that it's always exciting,
1: yeah. Because I mean. There's a couple of things I want to kinda of pack from what you just said. Cause like first thing was like, yeah, Mission Impossible action movies is kind of a category on its own. Like I like action movies in general. Like I'll sign me up for any action movie. Like I'll sure. I'll probably watch it. Um like Extraction Series one and two. John Wick one to four. Granted, two kind of sock three was really good for was I think mean, almost near perfection what I would okay. consider an action movie. But here's the big thing is that like John Wick and extraction has like the tendency of like really quick cuts sometimes. John Wick, a Mm -hmm. little bit longer cuts. And it's all about just like chaotic and just showing movement on camera. Mission Impossible action is so wide scale. It's like, you know, going back to the Italy scene, it's like, you know, they're in a car chase and they're handcuffed together. They're trying to figure out how to drive correctly. Mm -hmm. And then you have Paris in this Goliath of a car and chart it all once again <laughs> and literally just crashing into everything. And she just doesn't give a shit. And I see yep. the, there's a reason um, Tom Cruise says to go watch this in IMAX. Go watch an IMAX because it does give that kind of depth to the movie and how yeah. big everything is. You cannot enjoy this movie In a at home monitor, unless it's like a seventy-seven inch, but even then, I I think I think you would,
0: yeah, you would enjoy it, but you're losing something about it. This movie is designed to be seen in theaters, and like, Mm. yes, your home theater is awesome, and you will have a good time watching it at home. But there's something special to the excitement of like having you know Mm. the volume almost at that point where it hurts in the screen that's larger than life, and it's just like, it's such a great theater movie, and I think Tom Cruise knows that and like that's why top gun did so well last year mm-hmm. and i don't think i don't think this movie will do as well in terms of money as top gun because it's not as like standalone in the summer but i think it will do well people will go to the theater to see it because like it's, it's fucking real
1: <laughs> it's it's such a good like and also like just even like the storyline telling um there's one point i wanted to talk earlier it's so like topical i'm like holy shit like did he predict was gonna happen because like chat gpt is on its peak of like everyone's talking yeah. about it at least once a day in any news article and this one is based on like oh let's make chat gpt a spy that um was supposed to kill itself but it chose not to mm-hmm. and and it was just so interesting because like at first like the the only kind of like uh, wonky, non-practical part. The whole movie was probably the beginning because everything was CG. Because yeah, only I think only Mr. Beast is the only one who can get a sub now. <laughs> so, um, but like, yeah, like the sub shoots a torpedo and the, the AI tricks it. The shooting enemy sub and the, the torpedo comes back to kill them because the AI for some uh, was programmed to take out the sub. And it was just it was such an interesting part of the storyline because at first you're like, oh. Is that the AI? But later on you find out it's like, oh no, it's just the Russians testing as super stealth technology makes them invisible. Well no,
0: it's it's both. Was it's, it both? So it's an early permutation of the AI. Uh so it's not connected to like the full network. Because the full network is so vast. That like you can't stop it, mm-hmm. but unless you have like this early version, that's the only thing that's able to stop the wide version.
1: Oh, uh, uh, and no. so I I agree. I think uh, really no because oh sorry that's what I, I thought maybe, that, maybe they have to.
0: I thought the key is for the sub right. Well, no, and the key gives them like access to like the core of this AI. Yeah, I don't, yeah. But I don't think that it's it's not centralized there. Like it it is decentralized, but that's like a separate isolated permutation of the ai
1: no yeah because well, this is how i thought about it maybe maybe we're wrong like maybe we have to kind of like maybe. maybe talk about it because oh. um, i thought it was like a stealth capability the u.s <laughs> knew about it and found some way to infect it and then instead of killing itself it just kind of like lived in there and then just kind of like had free reign of everything
0: i might be misremembering so yeah we'll, we'll have to
1: yeah it, it doesn't really matter What's your interpretation yeah it doesn't really No, matter. it's basically yeah.
0: super ai that can yeah. shape everything and not just like you know infect computers but yeah. change what truth is and i think that that was a, the one kind of interesting thing they had to say about ai yeah. is that like it gives you the power to shift what truth is and i think that's mm. real and that's scary where it's not just like you know like it can crash computers and you know Change money from different accounts. Yeah, it's like it'll actually be able to create so much content, and we're already living this. Yeah, so much content can be created that like that becomes the truth. There's so much, so much voice mm-hmm. behind a semi truth mm-hmm. that that becomes what the truth is. Yeah, and I think that that's scary. But I also think that it's a weird. I think this one's more coincidence. Yeah, but that the movie starts with a sub sinking. Yeah, uh, it was just. <laughs> so it I was, was like,
1: kind oh. of like interesting of just like how it kind of came to be and man for a mission possible it it went it started really fast then it became really slow which is really good i like how movies can give breath like that's my favorite mm. kind of thing and then it can ramp up and then it can stop and it doesn't feel mm. like it's interruption it felt like i needed this it's not like super mario brothers Mary boy just got like happen 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 and near the end, yep. there's a breath, which I'm like, oh, thank God. I can, like, breathe a little bit. And then it just finishes off. This one just had, like, really good, well-pacing. And it's kind of something mm-hmm. back to what you were kind of talking about. It's that, like, you know, I always subscribe to the Matt and um, Matt and Trey for South Park kind of storytelling. It has, like, mm-hmm. but then, and, and then this happens, then this happens. But, but then-, then this happens, because, like, every every mission or every scenario that, uh Ethan Hunt gets into it, his, him and his team. There's always something that goes wrong, and I think the beauty of the movie is that Ethan Hunt—he's kind of like supernatural, but he kind of feels like he could kind of be a guy. He could kind of be like kind of a yeah, real yeah, dude, yeah. except for Rogue Nation, where he memorized all those bank account numbers. I'm like, no, it's,
0: oh no, yeah, no, no shot,
1: no yeah. shot. You can memorize all those numbers like that's like to me bullshit. That when I watch we watch we watch Rogue Nation, I totally <laughs> forgot about that. I'm like. That's the stupidest part of the whole movie. Like him going, I can memorize a thousand numbers. Yeah. I'm like, no way. Um, but yeah, like it's it's just that... Here's the thing of the storyline is that like, yeah, like what you're saying is like kind of like create content and kind of create truth and distort reality. Mm-hmm. The agents that... Uh, I, I'm going to call it Dead Reck... Is it Dead Reckoning?
0: Dead, the new I, one I, is Dead
1: Reckoning. Yeah, so... Well, I uh, mean, no,
0: no, no. I don't think that's what they say the words dead reckoning early in the movie but i don't think that's what the ai is yeah. called
1: i thought cuz be... maybe dead reckoning was a system that was inv- anyways the ai kind know. of unlocks hit their its agents with god mode because you know paris is kind of like running amuck and like has no remorse or like oh i have to be secret it's like no nope, i can just do whatever i want and the ai will yeah. protect me gabriel can like oh no nope. AI told me you're going to die and I'm going to be able to walk through because I know what to do. And Ethan yeah. Hunt, it's kind of like a battle between like imperfection versus perfection agents. Mm-hmm. It's like these guys are playing on God mode. Ethan Hunt is kind of like that, you know, the, the main character of a video game where he's just going to be able to figure things out and yeah. kind of be able to achieve his goals. And that's why I loved about the movie. I was like, this is such mm-hmm. cool storytelling.
0: Well, I like that analogy of like, you know, they're on playing on God mode and he's just like this scrappy little fucker who yeah. just makes it work. And I, I think that's like the thrill is like he's, you know, he is a superhero essentially in this movie. But it's like it's always things going wrong and he has to just like find a way to make it work. Like even, you know, the, 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 the landmark stunt in this movie where he rides the motorcycle off mm. off the, the, the hill so that he can base jump into the, the train. Yeah. We knew that was happening. I knew that was happening based on the promotional materials. They pushed that stunt really hard. Yeah. But the setup for it, I didn't know. And I love that it's like, okay, we're going to have to get on this train. Uh, There's this corner that the train's going to have to slow slow down a button. So that's a good time for your motorcycle to jump, land on the train. Yeah. Easy peasy. Mm-hmm. But Gabriel, equipped by the AI to know, mm-hmm. one of the first things he does when he's on the train is he basically puts the, the, the train in turbo, breaks off the brakes, breaks off the slow down button. Yeah. Uh, and so that it's, it's gonna blast through all these places that Ethan would be able to jump on. Yeah. And so did they have to figure something out. Simon Peg's like, okay, well, uh, okay, let me give me a second. I'll I'll figure out where you can get jump I, on the, pla- the thing.
1: I loved his sequence of just like go up the go keep going that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it, Ethan's like, when's it gonna go down? He's like, yeah, just keep going. You'll go down eventually. Keep- <laughs> and it's just like the perfect comedic. I I love. Like, you know, Mish, what you, I think you said this earlier, Mission Impossible has like these little fun comedic moments. Um, I think the perfect addition to this movie, literally, other than Luther, is like Simon Pegg's character. Like, he, Simon Pegg is so good at delivering, not like big, ha ha ha. Like, it's just like, yeah, like you just, you just enjoy it. Like, he just makes it so
0: grounded he brings a ton of levity to the movie without being like a joke. Mm-hmm. Like I, I found some of the earlier ones where you're like, oh, Benji, like that's fucking stupid. I remember yeah. like in, even in, in, uh, Fallout, which yeah. before this was my favorite one, it might still be. Uh, there's like a thing where he's like, yeah, you know, just like, like turn left, turn left. And he's like, what do you mean turn left? Cause, and he's like, oh, like yeah. left <laughs> is jumping from windows. what do you mean? And he like rotates the map. Yeah. He's like, oh, I had it in 2d. And it was one of those moments where I'm like, Oh, it's like it's a joke at his expense. It's believable and it's yeah. fine and it's a throwaway thing. Yeah. But I I like that they don't do as much at his expense. Mm-hmm. Um. And I really like that's that part in the airport sequence when they you know they're chasing down yeah Haley Atwell, uh, trying to figure out the key stuff and Benji finds out that there's a bomb in one of the bags, so he goes and chases it, and then the the bomb is like has his name on it like it's like the ai knew that he would find it Mm -hmm. uh, and they have to figure it out all the all the questions and the riddles and stuff it's it was so
1: interesting that whole riddle part and just like how usually enough in especially in rogue nation like the sequence war in rogue nation where uh they have to get the british prime minister's like voice authentication and um fingerprint and like how ethan's always like one step ahead of everyone This one was just like, it was the tables have turned, is that the AI is always going to be one step ahead of them. And you're always kind of wondering, it's like, okay, they're all going to figure this out, but like, how much the AI has figured this out? And thankfully Mm -hmm. enough, at the end, I'm going to assume that Ethan kind of got finally the upper hand against the AI because Gabriel thought he had the completed key. Oh, yeah. And then this is the kind of like one of, This is one of a couple parts I want to bring up later when we kind of talk about what we don't like about the movie. But it's like him opening up, like get going his pockets, like I don't have the key, Ethan. And I was like, oh, like that part. uh, I was like, (laughs) but I hear you. Yeah, it's it was just like I don't know, like there's a movie. It was just like you knew he was gonna win, but I think it's just. It's just like how any other like if, you, if anyone here watches anime, it's like a lot of anime is just copycat. But it's like I, I enjoy how he gets there. and Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's how you have to remember it. And that's that's like the yeah. really cool part.
0: Yeah. And I think like they did a good job. I think they did a really good job making this feel like a complete movie mm-hmm. while clearly being open to a sequel. Like I felt like at the end I was like mission accomplished but it's not like they they don't know where the sub is yeah but now they're like that's what they're gonna chase it's like where is the sub they have a little more information than Mm -hmm. they did so that's gonna be clearly the focus of the next one is you know everyone chasing down this sub yeah but uh i i just i feel like there's they they have a a master's touch at having a bunch of threads Mm kind of like interwoven and then they kind of just like start to interlock at the right moments like All the Gabriel stuff, he's kind of just like always around. I think one of the things I don't like, uh, if we're going to kind of move towards that, is I don't like when they kind of retcon, you know, uh, former rival or like, you know, former brother. Like Uncharted 4, it's like all of a sudden he has a brother. Okay, sure. Is it his brother Uh, or is is it... In Uncharted. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But this one, this one it's like... Oh, it's the guy who killed his partner, and it's not quite as personal, so it was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually this movie kind of had a little reminiscent
1: of what I kind of liked and didn't like about um, Indiana Jones. It was actually kind of weird when I saw this part mm. is that they kind of <laughs> interjected past events, they're going, Yeah, this happened, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and they yeah. DH. My Tom Cruise in this one too, in that one little like quick sequence, like you see him on like a little. Did they? Flush. I didn't even notice. It, you can tell because like I watched one before this one, and oh yeah. One, one thing I got to point out, man. Mission, Mich- watch Mission Impossible one. The scene where he gets back to the hotel where everyone in this team dies, and he's just kind of collecting himself. Man, Tom Cruise was a little thin kid, like. He's so, like, <laughs> lanky. His tank top was, like, yeah. was not filled in. He's very lanky. This one, now, he's kind of, like, properly built. Like, you see him, he's a healthy yeah. adult. But... Um, well,
0: it's, like, I think the body body standards for men have shifted to being more beefy. Yeah, more beefy. In 2023 than they were in the he's, 90s. The 90s was, like, yeah. was a skinny boy. Yeah,
1: well, he was, like, you know, Tom Cruise isn't, like, a beefy guy. But he's, like, you know, he's 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 enough that you can go past... The, the, he's, like, he's he's buff, but he's not too buff. He's not...
0: Yeah, he's strong enough that he could fight these big dudes yeah. and, and, and with win. his superior technique and will, yeah. he can beat them. Yeah. Oh. Yeah,
1: I... Uh, oh, sorry. Like, where was I going with no, that? No. Um, so you didn't like the part where uh, the interjection does that part. Here's another... This is a big part that I didn't like. Um, I kind of didn't like Elsa in this movie. Um,
0: it, like, because... Mm. They didn't give her enough to do. They
1: didn't give her enough to do, but also like Rebecca's, um, like the actress Rebecca Frosch,
0: Rebecca Ferguson, Ferguson, Fer- Ferguson. Ferguson.
1: She felt she, like either it was her character they didn't write enough. She just didn't look like she wanted to be in this movie. It was just kind of like it was so kind of like, eh, like her performance is like, oh Ethan, oh Ethan. I th- or, I think
0: that's a valid reading of that performance. Yeah. I think to me, it was more like. I don't know. Like, it felt like she knew she was gonna die or something. Like, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, the I don't think it felt phoned in to me, mm. but I think that for me, it stems from the writing of they didn't know what to do with her other than they want to kill her in this movie. Yeah. And so it felt like they were setting her up to be the sacrificial lamb. Yeah. Even the fact that they fake out. So one thing that I'll teach you guys, um, listening when a character is gonna die, they often pre-kill them. Yes. <laughs> so it's pretty normal in a story to like kind of prepare a brain or prepare an audience for someone's death by like having a fake out death earlier. Mm-hmm. And so when she was fake dead, I was like, Oh, she's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Cause
1: like just for context, maybe the beginning of the movie, there was like a desert uh, shootout chase scene actually maybe because uh, these hunters are going after Elsa because she has the first half the key somehow got it from Gabriel and everyone's kind of chasing her. And then like David said, um, fake out death, but like she's not really dead. Uh, but like, it was just such a shame because like the Venice scene, I loved that Venice scene, like so much until the point of spoiler again, Elsa gets killed because a little bit, just a pre uh, background in this Gabriel comes back and Gabriel in a big kind of like a uh, group meeting with all, almost all the main characters with Vanessa Kirby, the uh, the white widow, uh, Haley Atwell's character, Elsa's character, Tom's character. Yep. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Ever, Everyone's yeah. there. And he's like, w- Tom, like Ethan, you got to choose which one is going to die. And yeah, I didn't like that. Either. It ultimately kind of like happened. Cause I loved the, how the AI jacked his comms and yeah. kind of like, benji's giving tom uh benji's giving ethan directions in all these like tight canals going left right but the ai just hijacks it and lures him into a trap
0: Mm. with paris and that other dude i don't i don't remember i like i I like that fight scene i thought i thought that was pretty cool so the setup for that scene is Mm -hmm. like he basically gets cornered in this tight little alley like maybe two and a half feet wide Uh, and then there's fences at both ends. And so it's like this long skinny thing. And then Paris and the other henchmen are blocking him from both sides. So he has to fight his way out while they're trying to contain him and kill him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's like a little bit of that old boy hallway fight where it's like there's I, only one plane of movement. That's, that's what I was thinking of. I'm um, like,
1: this is a freaking old boy. Less, with less people, but yeah. old boy style.
0: Yeah. But it, it's a cool fight. And like it's visceral. And it's like the threat is real because like they're, you know, they're swinging. There's only he can't dodge he yeah. has to just block or like deflect and stuff and so i really enjoyed that fight and i like at, i broadly the whole movie does really clever little setups like one one of the car chase scenes i really like mm-hmm. um so Haley atwell is a thief and she's kind of like it's a, a career thief and she's always on the run always escaping yeah and so at one point he needs her and so he handcuffs her to him because he he doesn't want her to escape again yeah but he handcuffs her to the hand where she'll have to drive, but she can't drive well. Mm-hmm. And so there's this whole chase scene where, you know, they're like, they're in the wrong wrong seat and he's he's just coaching her through driving. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's like, no, no, no. She's like, I'm not doing this. And he has to drive one handed. Mm-hmm. And it's just these like little flourishes to the stakes and the setup of the action scenes that make it exciting. Yeah. Like going back to the hallway fight. It's like, okay, it's a, it's a, you know, two versus one fight. Yeah. We've seen that a million times in this tight little two foot corridor. Yeah okay yeah that's another little modifier that makes us a unique memorable action it's
1: it's interesting yeah even going back to what you're saying it's kind of like it is like the usual trope there is a car chase there's a motorcycle scene there's all these things but then the, because of such masters of it they can just add just a small like when you think about it, a macro level i'm like fight scene uh in small little gap yeah yeah whatever but because they're so good at writing and, directing and dec- choreography and everything it just it's just so perfect and Mm -hmm. the one thing to add to the scene this is the one reason why i love it It, when you said visual it's very violent like when you actually think about it you're like you haven't i haven't really seen ethan this violent before especially when he's with a pipe like he's fighting people with a pipe you see that desperation in his eye that he could actually die and then he gets to the point of violence where he finally i don't know if he killed that other guy or just I don't think he killed them. Yeah, yeah. And then you just see that one moment where he looks at Paris and he just he has so much rage like saved up that he remembers his humanity, knowing what's right, and doesn't kill Paris because Paris is been. Yeah, abandoned. he like
0: smashes the pipe, and it looks like he's gonna crush her head. Yeah, but he just smashes right above her head because he's he's a good guy. He's you know, good- he can't kill like that.
1: I mean, yeah, it's kind of weird too because he's killed a lot of people. <laughs> and usually enough it's um baby's a little sexist but he kills a lot of guys and no women and even though women have just <laughs> literally come after him and he's like kind of a weird savior complex too cuz and follow if you remember there's that part where he finally gets um the, he he's he's still in paris he goes in and he's about to get out and there's that cop there the cop gets kind of uh shot and he saves her and he's like man oh yeah he yeah, yeah. loves saving women i don't
0: Women, yeah, hundred percent.
1: And also, I think they kind yeah. of like commented about that whole aspect of Ethan's character because he's like, mm-hmm. he'll always like the people he's trying to save always dies. I'm like, kind of, mm. it's kind of weird. Because, but it actually no. is true because he tries, he saves Elsa in Reckoning, and then she eventually yeah. dies, which is kind of like, I now I'm talking about it. I'm like, oh, now I kind of see why Elsa had to die.
0: Yeah, and it, it makes sense for the arc. It's a shame. I love Rebecca Ferguson yeah. in five and six. I think I agree with you. She just didn't have much to do in this. So she doesn't give her best performance. Yeah. Like she might be, strangely enough, she's usually been my favorite, mm-hmm. but this movie, she might be my like least favorite of the ragtag hero group. Yeah. Um like usually, I love Simon Peg. Ving Rains, it's nice that he's like a main player again. Because mm-hmm. he hasn't been a main player for a while. Um and then I'm glad. I'm so glad Jeremy Renner is no longer part of this franchise. Oh,
1: um,
0: yeah. uh, he I liked Henry Cavill people? last time, but he, you know, he's,
1: I don't, is oh, he Henry, dead? Jeremy Renner. Oh, Jeremy Renner. Uh, yeah. I don't, I did not in real
0: life. No, he's not. No, no he's not.
1: He's uh, Henry
0: Cavill's character. He probably is pretty fucking dead. No. So like they don't oh, yeah. show the body, but like he gets the hook that's being pulled by a helicopter through his face after a face full of like, uh, cool. Hot jet fuel. Yeah. Um, and then he gets like like ripped down like a few hundred feet onto the rocks into an explosion. Yeah, Yeah, You don't see his dead body, but that dude's fucking dead. Yeah, I
1: mean, (laughs) he's just one character. Like, if he came back, and would be like, yeah, let's go. Like, it'd be it'd be. And he's all
0: disfigured and shit. Yeah,
1: it'd be just like the perfect like Jaws like character because he was one thing. It's like I kind of like the Paris character. I kind of wish I kind of knew her motivation because. She had a kind of like a really cool arc. Like it just, it was like super bad guy and she saves Ethan and then she dies. And you're like, kind of wish I kind of knew a little bit more.
0: Yeah. Like maybe we, (laughs) yeah, I, I, in my head it's, I feel like I would write her as, you know, someone who in her entire life has been stepped on and mm-hmm. she's seen the worst of humanity. Like, she's an orphan, right? They set her up as an orphan or something? Uh, so I, it's like, yeah, that's, she, that's, she that's saw her parents... Like, her dad killed her mom, then killed himself, yeah. and then, like, you know, she's lived on the streets or, like, in a slum mm-hmm. her whole life, and she's just, like, suffered and suffered and suffered. Yeah. And so this idea of an AI making the world better because it understands everything, Yeah, I, I can kind of get behind that, and then she sees that, like, oh, there actually is good in humanity through the mercy that Ethan shows her. Like, yeah. I think they could work with that kind of angle and do it better than i just explained yeah. but they don't really give you anything she's just like this cool stylish villain uh who's mantis. just such a badass
1: like like sweet mantis yeah, Ma- yeah. uh mantis from Go- yeah, Gal- galaxy like i just i loved yeah. her character i just yeah i just wish she was a little bit more because like the how she was styled she's so like rebellious and even to add maybe to like uh maybe a twist since like if we're in the writer's room like yeah i would like like you've, you told me all that. I'm like, Oh, how about this? Is like, she finally, instead of like, she never getting anything she wants, she finally has the opportunity to get everything she wants and yeah. she can literally do anything instead of nothing. And nothing. just like, and she just does everything, which is true in the movie. Cause she's like, I'm, she literally goes to the whole movie with zero consequences. Cause it's like that yeah. truck scene. I have know I've said this so many, I just loved it. I just loved how menacing that truck is. And oh, just adding into the car scene chase, I loved it when they go down the Spanish steps. Oh, it Spanish like yep. steps, which is kind of weird because it's not in Venice. No, they were in Rome. Yeah, sorry. They were in Rome. Yep. It's the Spanish steps. You see Haley Atwall trying to drive, and you just see Paris. Like, it was a weird kind of like a switch because, like, the whole um, aspect of like trying to start the car, that's usually the hero issue it's like oh no we have to go the 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 bad guys are coming i can't start the car then eventually starts it was actually flipped because it was like oh the bad guy can start the car and Haley atwell's character and ethan is just like having all these like weird issues of how to drive the car and it's just the pacing is just so good
0: yeah it's just those like little extra flourishes that make it special yeah um i thought it was fun that uh, the movie ends up on a train, kind of like Mission Impossible One, mm-hmm. um, and also done much better. Yeah. It looks a lot better. Yeah, it looks um, much better. But uh, the the thing that I I'm I'm surprised I haven't brought up earlier is how great Haley Atwell is. She was the perfect cast. She's the perfect addition. She's just a great character. Yeah. Uh, oh, who character is Grace? Like I, Grace, Grace. Yeah. That's right. She's just like super likable from the beginning her and tom, tom cruise have great chemistry i hope they don't do a romantic thing i hope that he kind of just like does doesn't end up with her i, or I just hope it's like a mentorship
1: um, just kind of like yeah three
0: ish because um, <laughs> there's there's something a little bit weird and predatory when it's like tom cruise i don't know maybe it's just a me thing no it's not Tom. Cruise no it's here's um, here's the
1: thing is that like he rescues women okay this is I, this is just opinion. Don't don't come after me. This is just kind of like how I kind of view the world. It's just kind of like, is he taking advantage of women in distress? <laughs> and then has this kind of like a... weird situation. Not Tom Cruise, yeah. Ethan Hunt. Like, let me just Hunt. let me just be clear. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. because like he saves, like he fails to save number three, um, that woman or oh, which is Felicity Day, whatever, um, and yeah, number three. And then yep. uh yeah, this one, like he saves her because she was being chased everything. But she's gets she seems like she gets chased all the time. Like Elsa and then Haley? Yeah, Haley. Oh Elsa. Uh, Elsa. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Haley's character, Grace, makes sense because they set her up going she's a thief and she's wanted everywhere. And she but she's way she's over her head. Yeah, she's definitely sure. over her head. But I did like how they used her as a vehicle about showing how does the IMF recruit agents
0: i thought that was really it clever. was really neat and i i like that in the end you know she does that she's like i accept i was like okay all right yeah, okay like, oh, yeah. uh, here's
1: another kind of thing i kind of didn't like um is mm-hmm. um i went in going yeah vanessa kirby like i love her she's so like wonderful gorgeous and she's a great actress but it did it felt like was she really needed and also, you can kind of see they kind of voiced a storyline that might be explored in the next one, or maybe a future Mission Impossible, because, uh, just the storyline, just to remind everyone, is that uh, there was some they were going in the train to meet Vanessa, uh, the White Widow's character, was gonna meet a buyer who had the other key, which was really cool. Yeah. Lo and behold, the other person to buy the key was the CIA director Khrushchev, which. I, everyone was like oh they kind of made it like a big deal but i was kind of like "Ah, eh, that that makes sense like you know he, he would it makes sense i actually I,
0: i'll give the movie credit yeah. i didn't expect it to be him really? i didn't really think about yeah. it because i don't think the movie make they make a huge deal about like the buyer oh who's the buyer Yeah, it's just kind of like oh yeah she's selling it to someone on the train i didn't, I didn't think about yeah. it and i was like oh shit
1: okay oh really yeah for me i'm like i may like i didn't have that reaction i'm kind of like yeah that makes sense like uh, cuz the us is, was really wanting to get control over the ai cuz ultimate it's ultimate well, control
0: i i i kind of like feeding into you know ethan hunt as like the written as the savior yeah. kind of character every country is after the key so that they can control the ai yeah. and ethan hunt is the only one who wants it so he can destroy it yes. so he's like the true savior of mankind yeah. cuz you know he recognizes the dangers and
1: yeah, yeah. and then um but, like, you remember that one kind of sequence? It's like, Kitridge is like, I promise your mother, like, to the White Widow's character, which is actually um, Grace's Grace in a mask. They kind of yeah. allude to some sort of, like, storyline that might get explained, like I said earlier. But just, I don't know. Like, the White Widow, I just saw it. I'm like, she's just some kind of really crazed character that just wants to steal the spotlight, loves attention and just wants to be really centric. I like, I don't know. I just it was kind of cool but also kind of like you could kind of remove this character and replace it with someone with 50% more less charisma and I'd be okay with it.
0: I I definitely didn't have that reaction. Mm-hmm. I was glad to see a character I liked from the last movie back in this one. Yeah. Um I, get I think it. I like that there's that dynamic and then I think it's, it almost felt like a little bit of, you know, retconning in a good way where the, they give you the cia backstory mm-hmm. and even has that throwaway line of like you know you do you fit in this box and that's why we allow you to continue yeah. because like why yeah why would the cia allow this person to operate yeah. when they could stop her well it's because th- these parameters yeah and i was like okay that's kind of a neat way of fitting it all together neatly mm-hmm. but i hear i hear what you're saying like yeah. they don't do a ton she feels like she's a character written in for utility yeah more than like her own little arc, also, or, anything like or maybe
1: like some sort of way of like okay after uh after eight we're gonna do something with her character as like the main other unfortunately by damsel of stress that cia is hunting her and ethan has to like save her because she has like some sort of like big thing and you get to explore the kittredge and her relationship and her backstory is actually deeper than what she is um yeah, it just maybe it just felt like such a like a forced insert for me. I was like, mm, sure, I'll let's just see how this plays out. Like maybe I'll eat my words in nine because because they'll make it a mission possible in 9. The, the they they cannot they they have to keep going until Tom Cruise goes. Uh, I'm done. I'm done with this movie.
0: Well, I bet I bet <laughs> they'll take a break after. Eight. Well, like no matter what, they'll have to take at least a couple years. Yeah. Because it's only one year. It's like Spider Verse where they they planned to do one and two right after each other. Mm. So it's about it's one year. June twenty eighth is the release date. So it's less than a year. Yeah. Um, for part two, yeah. which I'm grateful for because I want more. Yeah. Here um, was one
1: scene that I really liked. Um. Okay. And here's one character that I was I was like completely like, I just love this actor. I love this actor and everything he does. It mm-hmm. is Carrie Ells, uh, Carrie Ellis, um, who plays Dillinger, who's also in the Princess Bride. He's in the Psych. Oh he's yeah, the, yeah, yeah he, he's yeah. the uh, director of National Intelligence. I, yeah, fucking love this guy. Every time I see him, I'm like, fucking yeah! Like it's he's sure. just so charming, lovable. Like I just love him. Yeah, and I just love that scene how he's getting described what the IMF is and Mm -hmm. he's like wait so there's a there's a there's a task force that the american government (laughs) barely knows about all you guys kind of know about and they do everything that you can't do and they're like and you can kind of see the like these people are the directors of the all the alphabet agencies out there and they're like "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm like they're like it's like it's just such a bizarre situation where you can see how yeah. like how amazing Ethan is as a character. Yeah. And then lo and behold, everyone gets knocked out and Ethan, Ethan. Ethan's there. <laughs> and it's just like it's it's just so crazy how they just wrote that whole scene. And cause from the trailer it looked like the AI was killing everyone because it was just green smoke, mm. but it was just knockout gas. And yeah, I just, I loved it just how it was.
0: Well, I, I love the, that part because it felt very like classic mission impossible, Mm -hmm. like, like TV show level classic where it's like, you know, the setup, but I think it was such a good moment. So Mm -hmm. to preface, they, you know, it's all, all these alphabet agent people in the room talking to the director guy, uh, and it's kind of intercutting with this guy and it's clearly suspicious and he's got this briefcase and you're like oh, who's this guy what the fuck's going on mm. and he goes into the room and everyone kind of looks at him like okay uh, <laughs> and he opens it green smoke face reveal it's Ethan and so everyone's knocked out except for Kittredge because he gave him a breather or whatever yeah. and you're like okay they have their conversation but Kittredge is like I've got to call in security and he kind of like it almost feels like he's betraying Ethan a little yeah. the way he does it and you're like ah oh, fucking asshole yeah. and he's like well how, how do you plan on getting out of here he's trying to stall Ethan yeah. and in the background you can see him and he's putting back on the mask that he came in with. Yeah. Uh, but then it goes into focus and it's not that mask. It's a, he, it's a mask of Kittredge. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh shit, he's going to fucking get out as that. And I thought that was such a good little, like yeah. a good twist. Cause you, Mission impossible. There's going to be masks and face reveals and shit, yeah. but it was a good early payoff and it just happened the right way where I didn't expect it. Yeah. Uh, and it was such a good, like, Oh shit, it's Kittridge. And then boom, Mission Impossible logo. Yeah. We get the little title sequence, I, of the song. I also and I was like, love, oh yeah, we're fucking going. This is
1: like kind of like the part of the comedic love of this whole movie. It's like Kittridge is like, oh, of course. And then he gets knocked. He gets tranked too. It's yeah. just like, totally. yeah, uh, motherfucker. <laughs> and it's like, it just feels like it is obvious. Like Mission Impossible has to do these kind of sequences. And mm-hmm. it's just like, but when you see it and how well it's done, it's just, they keep, kind of elevating how good it is. Uh one scene I kind of well, want to bring up that I really just did not like, but I think I kind of yeah. understand why it looks like this is kind uh, of even give background information. This movie was filmed started filming in February 2020. So <laughs> it was right at the peak of COVID that this movie Both. got shut down like multiple times, I believe. Yeah. Um because of this and the first, the desert scene where Ethan is uh saving Elsa in the desert, you can definitely see that it was a COVID like shoot, like to me, because it's just like, yeah,
0: because they all have masks, yeah, like, they all
1: have masks. It's in a remote area. It's like who? To me, I'm like who the fuck would like like hide out in a deserted, half sand buried town, and yeah, it's doesn't so it doesn't make sense. And the action was kind of it felt very floaty. Like you can kind of see that they couldn't elevated to the rate of like typical mission possible it just felt really more shooty
0: than more More, fighty (laughs) yeah exactly it feels to me like a b-tier action movie where it's like it sucks when it's just people kind of taking cover popping out to shoot and stuff like a third person shooter game and i'm like that's not great action and there's a couple good like you know takedowns and stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, and i like i thought it was so cool uh, Ilsa, you know, pulling down the eye patch. I was like, she looks so cool. She, right now. she reminded me of Snake. Um, I
1: was like, yeah. Yeah,
0: 100%. <laughs> and so I like that she's sniping people mm. and stuff. But I, I, I agree. I think there's, you can see the constraints of like the COVID yeah. rules. And I remember the story coming out that Tom Cruise had yelled at a bunch, like a few crew members because they weren't following protocol, yeah. right? And I remember having kind of conflicted feelings that it's like, okay, yeah, he's producer, actor man, yelling at this worker guy. Mm. But also being like, he's not wrong. Like you guys should be following protocol because yeah. like, if you don't, this gets shut down and then like millions of dollars of like people's wages yeah. goes away and it's just wasted. Yeah. And I was like, it sucks that he had to yell at people, but I was like, you, you know, making movies during COVID was probably really fucking yeah, hard. But so.
1: also I think it's that too, like everything is shut down, but he was also, I think he was like pushing so hard um, about, you know, everyone following protocols too, because I think a lot of, Health agencies and everything were using Mission Impossible this production as a model of how to make a movie during and post COVID yeah. too. And I think, yeah, I think honestly, if I was like, I've I've sat in the producer seat and I've had to restrain myself, but I think because the stakes, just like the movie, uh, were so high, I think I would have just like lost it too. Because it's like, come on, guys, you guys no, have fair. to like change your behavior because. Yep. Um, yeah. even like, cause like, even where I work, there's a production house, um, for Hulu, yeah, Hulu, and you can see yeah. them. They're still following COVID
0: rules. It was, yeah, they wear masks still on on. Yeah, film set. so
1: I mean, yeah, like I, I was actually kind of curious of which which scene he was yelling at people at, but I think it might have either been the Venice, uh, aisle aisle because that was very COVID too because of how just how it looked. It looked great, and I did wasn't I didn't even think yeah. about it until afterwards. But I think it was either the sand part or the Venice um, part too. So I think I think that was great.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, I uh, I don't have much else to say about this movie. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor, go see it in theaters. Don't wait till it's uh, watchable at <laughs> yeah. home. It's a it's just a thrill ride. It's a good you, time. You know how to
1: see it with, at, at a really good rate. Go go sign up for AMC. <laughs> it I've literally watched I think eight movies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm pretty jealous. And about that.
1: It only has costed me twenty-five bucks so far. I think it's renewing next sick. month. So I mean yeah. yeah it's great. Um, but cool. yeah, actually speaking of just tangent on that. So um we're recording this very last minute. Um, but tomorrow I'm seeing Oppenheimer uh at 10 PM at the IMAX. Um, yep. <laughs> so this so our next episode is gonna be the Barbie one. It's great. Mm-hmm. But I kind of wanted to see Open Heartbreak because everyone's saying this is the best Christopher Nolan movie ever, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. here's the one thing. This is the reason why I really like it. David and Mel explained this to me at work. Uh The type of film they're using shows color really well. And somehow uh, he... In and Iron? Yeah. Apparently it's very corrosive. It's not corrosive. It's very unhealthy. They, they stopped doing it. But I guess... Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. Nolan set off a fucking nuke in this movie, so I think he just yeah, kind of he's, gonna, he's do, gonna do whatever he wants. Um, but I kind of want to see why this movie's IMAX reels is gonna weigh 600 pounds. And it's like, if he's going to this kind of lengths in the kind of the meta of movie m- movie making, there's something kind of interesting going on. I don't expect David, like you, David, to to go watch it. Anytime soon, because Bart... I do want to see it. Yeah, though. like I think I remember originally we both said we didn't want to watch it, and then I think close and closer. I've heard such good things. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing that movie. But here, here's here's my dilemma, because Jillian also wanted to watch this movie. Uh, not Oppenheimer but Barbie. So we also have a dog, Cadence. Um, but I don't want to leave her home alone for too long, so we're gonna put uh. in daycare. So. Here's the, sit- here's the stitch. Uh, I'm going to watch a movie, open higher movie, at 10 p.m. tomorrow, and that movie is hmm? at least three hours. At least three hours.
0: It's got to be, yeah.
1: So it's at one. Jillian wants to watch Barbie the next day, and she doesn't want to watch it <laughs> in the afternoon, because it's movies take up a lot of time, and we don't want to... The same issue is that her daycare, Cadence's daycare, closes at five, and the mo- earliest movie starts at 9. <laughs> so I'm going to have to go watch the movie, come back home. I'm probably going to be home at 1.30, go to bed, wake up at 7, mm-hmm. kind of get through my morning, drop cadence off as fast as possible, rush over to go watch Barbie. I'm going to be dead on Saturday. I'm going to have to get a yeah. pen and paper to write notes because I'm not going to remember most of it. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm I'm.
0: <laughs> that's hilarious. No, I'm. Uh, I don't uh have a plan solidified for Oppenheimer yet, but I think I might. I might go see it by myself. I'll see if Cassie wants to, but I might have to just go see yeah. it by myself. But I'll see maybe James or Riley or something. Yeah, else, but forget, but,
1: with AMC, I, um, I, I can watch both.
0: That's pretty. Sweet. At, that's
1: pretty. Sweet. At any kind of movie theater, it could be IMAX, can be Dolby Cinema. It could be anything.
0: I'm jealous about that. Yeah. My I have Cineclub, the Cineplex equivalent, but it's one movie a month. (laughs) One movie a month? Uh, that's pleb shit. (laughs) (laughs) And then you can get you get discounts on your other tickets, but it's not that great. But yeah. yeah, The it's worth it for me. I go to enough movies that like the ten it's ten bucks a month or whatever. The ten bucks for a free movie ticket. And then they stack. So it's like if I don't if I didn't go for three months, which never happens, all of a sudden I'd have three tickets for the next month. But
1: I it is I am thankful. Because, okay, just for viewers, is that um, before we did this podcast, I didn't really care about going to movie theaters anymore. I got kind of used to the COVID method of just watching movies at home. Yes, I watched um, Avatar Away With Water without the movie theater experience. I didn't, regardless if it was the movie theater and whatever at home, I still would have hated that movie because it's just such a boring fucking shit movie. Uh, Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Bro, bro, bro! Oh god, I fucking hate that. Um, but the me going back to movie theaters has brought back uh, kind of like a like yeah, I can I get why people want people other than the monetary factor about getting people back in the movie theaters. Yeah, but
0: it costs more. Yeah, so
1: Edgar Wright, Tom Cruise, all those people are right. You know, movie theaters is something special. It just I hope people remember that magic and they can kind of like bring people back to the movie like I was man during Jurassic Park I was I grew up in a time where there was no seat reservation that you actually had to line up to go see the movie you literally wait I remember same amount of time the movie lasted to go watch the next showing
0: at least I remember when Spider-Man 3 came out I was still in high school and we left high school i think my high school ended at 315 or whatever mm. and the first movie showing i think was like it must have been 9 um and we went directly from school right to the movie theater we got snacks mm. and then we waited in line and we were first in line but like we just spent fucking 5 hours standing there <laughs> uh we probably had psp's or something yeah 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 uh just cuz we wanted to see spider-man 3 so bad yeah too bad it sucked uh <laughs> But yeah, no, that I don't think it's as bad as people say. But it, that's a discussion for another it's, day. It's
1: it's okay. But anyways, that's the podcast. Uh, that's that. I would like to kind of uh, thank all our patrons. Let me just uh, get their names up. See which ones are still there. Yeah, everyone's still there. So <clears throat> let's do this. So first, Coco the cat, Jeremy Swerdar, Bj- Bjorn Bueller, Ryan T, Eliza Manderas, John Gers, Emma Franklin, Mark Bradshaw, Maury Martinez, Sly Merlin, Ethan Lowe, David Curry, Briggs Wellman, Amirio Co. Daniel Quasar, Joel Norton, Cody Owen, Matthew Noonan, Mike 1814, and Guadalupe Navarro. Thank you guys for being awesome. Woo! Awesome patrons. Yeah, for real. I, we really appreciate it. Yeah. And uh yeah. yeah, so uh the thing maybe next up uh, next next episode we might have a, a interesting new sponsor so keep up with that
0: yeah and if you want to get our secret uh, exclusive uh, pre-show stuff you can follow us on uh, or go to our patreon patreon.com slash let's wing it mm-hmm. uh, if you want to email us please email us any questions about anything about movies or comments uh, let's wing it 22 at gmail or you can find us on twitter at let's wing it pod uh, I, I, I'm IG- uh, or our oh sorry go ahead no, I was going are your personal ones, uh, the Chosen David, yeah. or John 10:86. Uh, yeah, uh,
1: I'm I'm actually kind of looking forward to some of these big movies to being over because um we're gonna go back. Well, not gonna go back, but we're gonna start trying to intertwine more like discussion topics. Like we're gonna yeah. talk about um, reviewing some YouTube channels. One of our drummers submitted their YouTube channel. Someone randomly online submitted their YouTube channel. I want to review. <laughs> I want to discuss like YouTube stuff because. Um, oh, just maybe. Just I'm gonna add this here. Oh, uh, add this in. Uh, Jillian kind of helped us out um, submitting our podcast episode to try to get people to submit their channels for quick reviews. <laughs> so many people kind of go like, "Why should we listen to these fuckers?" Because uh, they just look at those channels so small. Here's a couple things: podcasts on YouTube is so hard to grow. Like podcasts in general, really hard to grow. YouTube. Yeah. No one's gonna click on a one to two hour Discuss. discussion, they would rather just listen to the podcast. So it's in a weird kind of flux or I know there's a couple of things that we have to do. Graded we're both full working adults. We can't do this full time yet. Love to do this full time, no. but I still like to do my full time job. Um yeah. but you know, those things that we know we're gonna do, I will talk about things that we should be doing, but we haven't done it yet. Maybe yeah. we'll do it in the future. But yeah, like I mean, just chill. Like, we know what we're doing. Like, I, you know, David and I have helped grown channels, like, short circuit from zero subscribers to one well, before I left, 1.9 million. So, I, I, we mm-hmm. know what we're doing.
0: We know what works. Yeah. yeah. And it's a lot of it is just the hard work that it takes to do it and not having enough juice to, to follow through. We do, um, yeah, we do but, uh, we do it. But, uh, we do it because we like podcasting, mm-hmm. not because, uh, you no, know, we don't do it for the money. We're trying to make, billion yeah. like oh, so no we'll make a billion dollars. Oh, maybe one day Maybe but. one day we'll make a billion dollars. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. until next week, folks. Uh, we love you and goodbye. Bye.